calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 21 Barouche The queen is a fish, I blurted. In her fauna state, Queen Rhiannon is Broaden, a salmon. Can I speak to her? May I have one of your hazelnuts? Ton tried to look calm, but it was a look of calm desperation. I handed him a hazelnut and he cracked it with his teeth. Do you have a knife? I reached into my sock and handed him the green-handled blade that I found at the bottom of Mount Cass. He stared at it for a moment, then walked to the edge of the porch and shaved five tiny slivers off the nut, allowing them to drop into the water. The two of us stood shoulder to shoulder, shielding our eyes from the bright torchlight. It probably only took a couple of minutes for Queen Fish to swim to the spot under the dock, but it seemed like ages. I was never a very patient fisherman. Finally, she tentatively swam up to the floating nut shavings. I thought she was going to ignore them, but then she snatched at the sliver and swam away. Ton sighed and returned my knife. In the middle of the pond, a salmon poked its head above the water. As I watched, the large fish mouth pulled tight. The eyes drew closer together, and then, as her feet touched the bottom, she rose. Queen Rhiannon didn't possess the traditional beauty of, say, Essa or my mother, but she was striking nonetheless. Her hair was long and shiny silver. It floated around her in the water just below her neck. The features on her face almost seemed chiseled, but it was the eyes that drew your gaze. They were emerald green. A set of stone steps rose out of the water. Queen Rhiannon walked out of her pond and up onto the porch. I'm so glad those eyes were compelling, because I didn't want to get caught looking anywhere else. I didn't bow or say anything. I just looked her square in the peepers until Ton presented her with a robe. She started to speak and then stopped. It was almost as if she had forgotten how. She tried again. How long have I been lost? she said in a whisper. We have a guest, Ton said, 
pointing to me with an open hand. This is Connor of Dor. He brought us hazelnuts. I opened the parcel and displayed the five remaining nuts. A gift from my mother, Queen Deirdre. Deirdre lives? she asked, her voice a bit stronger. She does, your highness, and she has been worried about your people. What have you told him? Rhiannon asked Tawn. I have told him nothing, but if the choice was mine, I would deem Connor Barouche. Rhiannon turned and walked back down the stairs to her pond and gently scooped up the four tiny slivers of hazelnut that were floating on the water and handed them to Tawn. Arouse the council while I talk to the son of Hazel. Tawn turned and was almost out the door when the queen called to him. Son? How long? Two months. I have missed you, mother. Then he turned and left. Would you like a cup of tea, Prince Connor? That would be lovely, ma'am. As she walked to the door on our left, the queen stumbled. She was unsure on her feet. I grabbed her arm to steady her. She stopped and shook me off, proudly straightening herself. But then she sighed in resignation and held my arm as we walked into the kitchen. Deirdre's son, she mused. That would make you Liam's grandson. Yes, ma'am. In the kitchen, there was a black kettle covered with a mesh of gold wire. Rhiannon lifted it to see if it contained enough water, then placed her index finger on a bit of gold and hummed. Within seconds, steam issued from the spout. She grabbed a handful of small white flower buds from a jar, distributed them between two cups, and poured in the hot water. I don't know what kind of tea it was, but it was lovely, and it seemed to revitalize the former fish. We walked through into the comfortable sitting room. The tabletops were dusty. Rhiannon apologized for the state of the place. I have been away, she said. Lost was the word you used before, I said as gently as I could. Rhiannon looked me directly in the eyes for one of those hour-long seconds, and then looked vacantly to the distance. Lost. Yes. Lost is a better word. I waited for her to say something else. She was queen, after all. It wasn't like you could just drill her for information. After a while, I feared she was getting lost again. I reached into my pocket and opened the parcel and presented her with the five remaining hazelnuts. Where did the hazel come from? I started to tell her how the new tree of knowledge came about, and it turned into an autobiography. I told her about how I came to the land, how Dahi gave me a hazel staff that was once owned by my grandfather, and how I accidentally planted it at the site of the destroyed tree, and it took root. And your mother gave you hazelnuts to give to me? Yes, ma'am. And did she tell you why? No, ma'am. Can you guess? I took a deep breath and thought about this. I think you became a salmon, then forgot who you were. The hazelnut helped you remember your puka self. 
You are a very good guesser, Prince Connor. I smiled like a schoolboy. I haven't seen a puka since entering the Pinelands except your son. Is that what happened to everyone? Many were lost before me. I suspect that what you ask is what has happened. I confess I do not know. A sad admission for a queen. I must confer with my son and my council. As if on cue, Ton showed up with four confused pukas in bathrobes. They bowed to their queen. If you will excuse us, Connor, we have pressing business. Sure, I said, then added, Hey, would anybody mind if I took a bath? It's such a drag to put on dirty clothes after a bath, but I had no choice. After almost cooking myself in a bathtub that heated water with the same gold wire system that the kettle used, I redonned my clothes and smelled pretty much the same as before. When I arrived downstairs, Ton escorted me to a pair of doors that led to the Queen's council room. There were raised voices on the other side that I couldn't quite understand, and Then I heard the queen's voice silence them all. Even if I couldn't hear the exact words, the meaning was quite clear. The queen had decided, and that was that. Ton gave me an embarrassed look. Don't worry about it, I whispered. I've got a pretty tough mom, too. His smile was interrupted by the opening of the doors. Inside the chamber there were a dozen or so people. Most looked compass mentis, but a few still had that abandoned puppy look. Ton introduced me in that formal royal court manner that I dislike, but I've gotten used to. Queen Rhiannon, honorable council members, I give you Prince Connor of Dor and Cull. I did all the proper bowing and scraping and then was invited to sit. Prince Connor, Queen Rhiannon spoke, we thank you for your gift. Seeing your need, your highness, I can assure you that you and your people will have the first priority to any fruit of the tree of knowledge. I thought I was being magnanimous and princely, but my statement was greeted with what I can only describe as grumbling. I racked my brains to think what I said wrong. Of course, I can only speak until someone chooses a major rune of Hazel, but I will ensure that the new head of the House of Cull will know of your need. Well, if my first statement was a mistake, this was a blunder of titanic proportions. The entire council was on their feet shouting. The queen raised a hand to silence them to no avail. Their accents were so thick and they were speaking so fast, I couldn't figure out what they were shouting about. Rhiannon was forced to stand. Silence! she hissed, and the council did as they were told. Prince Ton has recommended that Connor be deemed Baruch. Prince Ton is not a member of this council, a robed woman in the front said. And you are not queen, Rhiannon said with a voice that almost made me drop to my knees and thank the gods I was not that woman. The queen regained a bit of composure, but when she spoke again her voice was still sharp as a razor. While you were splashing in your pool... Ton ensured you were not bear food. But tradition, your highness, the woman said, this time with much more contrition in her voice. 
If I had followed tradition, we would all be lost. One of the council members banged the arm of his chair with his fist in a sign of agreement. Others slowly joined him, and soon the entire council was banging on their chairs, even the chastised woman. Queen Rhiannon rose, walked to the door, and asked Ton to come in. He looked confused. The queen resumed her seat in the pine throne. Prince Ton, I, Rhiannon of Alm, in recognition of your service to the Pinelands, salute you. She stood and bowed the lowest bow I had ever seen a queen make. When she came back upright, there were tears in her eyes. I am so very proud of you, my son. Ton's eyes glistened as he embraced his mother and the entire council rose as one and bowed. They stayed that way until Ton returned the salute. Take your place among the council, Prince Ton. Ton whipped his head towards his mother in disbelief. She nodded to him and the council resumed their chair-banging again until the stunned Ton took his seat as a counselor. Rhiannon sat smiling for a while, waiting for Ton to get a grip on himself. For a moment, she looked more like a mother than a queen. Finally, she said, Counselor Ton. It took Ton a microsecond to realize that she was addressing him. Earlier, you proposed that Prince Connor should be anointed as Baruch. Do you still feel this way? I do, Your Highness. Do any council members object? The lady in the front row that made a stink before had a furtive look around, but said nothing. Very well. Ton, would you please bring the elements? It seems my clerk is still grazing somewhere. I like this queen. Anybody that can crack a joke at a time like this is my kind of monarch. Prince Connor? You have been chosen for the honor of Baruch. Do you know what this means? I hadn't the faintest idea. I assumed it was a good thing, but at that moment it occurred to me that Baruch might mean lunch, and they were going to all turn into lions and eat me. No, ma'am, I don't. Baruch means friend. It is the highest honor we can bestow on a non-Puka. There have been very few, but one was your grandfather, Liam. Ton entered, pushing a rolling table that had three bowls on it. Queen Rhiannon stood and walked towards me. I began to rise, but Rhiannon motioned for me to remain seated. She stood in front of me and asked to see my hands, which she took and turned palm up. Baruch, like any friendship, carries no rules or limits. Do you accept? I would be honored. Then Connor, son of Hazel and Oak, in the name of the Pukas of the land. She placed dirt from one of the bowls into my hand. And of the rivers and lakes. She splashed water from another bowl onto the dirt in my palm and smeared it into mud. And of the sky, she said, bringing my hands up close to her face and blowing on them. Then she grabbed a handful of salt from the last remaining bowl and mixed it into the water. 
She stirred it with her hand and then dribbled salt water onto my palms. And in the memory of our sisters and brothers lost to the sea, I name you Barouche. She reached inside her robe and produced a coin-sized gold disc attached to a loop of wire that was no bigger than a bracelet. As she reached up, the loop of gold wire expanded and she placed the amulet around my neck. Then she pushed my palms together as if in prayer and kissed me on both cheeks. In my ear she whispered, Lord Liam would have been very proud. With the pomp and circumstance done, Rhiannon announced, We have been asleep too long. There is work to do. She instructed some of the counselors to house the rest of my party and ordered others to whip up some hazelnut potion to try and revive the herbivore pukas that were inside the wall. The carnivores without, they wisely decided to leave until daylight. Tawn led me to the guest wing. As we walked, I patted him on the back. You're a puka hero. He blushed and looked embarrassed. I think if he was a cowboy, he would have said, Aw, shucks. Really, I said... You were the only one that didn't get lost, and you're the only puka anybody has ever heard of that can change into more than one animal. You're like a super puka. We should get you a t-shirt with a big P painted on the front. You're very kind. Then Ton's ears began to stretch and fur up. He had to turn away and compose himself to stop from transforming into some creature. Sorry, Prince Connor, I sometimes change when I get emotional. Hey, don't worry about it, and it's just Connor, okay? You are very kind, Prince. You are very kind, Connor. But things are not as they seem. Oh, yeah? So what am I missing? Ton paused, and I thought he was about to tell me. It was obviously something important, but he looked over his shoulder and said, I am very busy. We must help round up some lost bunnies. Of course, Counselor Tawn, I said with a smile. He blushed again. This guy was cute. And it's just Tawn, okay? You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunison. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of the series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.